0: All things are possible, and you can be, authentically, gay with the God of your understanding. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 2024. So, at this point, you have probably had your Christmas holidays, had your meals, visited family, shared gifts, and some of you sat in the house, and either way is fine, It really just depends on whether or not you fed your soul and whether or not your heart was glad while you were doing it. And that's kind of what this podcast episode is about. The New Year 24 does not impose any kind of resolutions, review of 2023. It just says it's a new year. And for some of us, that's all that we can say about it. So let's talk a little bit today about the pressures of holidays. Let's talk about who was with us this year and who wasn't. And let's talk about our our traditions and how that changes over our lifetime. And that can be good and it can also be extremely sad. My wife and I were talking about that today when we finally got to the other side of probably our last family gathering. And this year it was just not the same and all of you who have lost loved ones who have been through any kind of trauma with family or fur babies when things change it's just so difficult to find your new reality and a new way of being in your own life. For us we know that we're still grieving the death of her mom and we're still grieving the death of our own fur babies in this past year so it's been a tough time of letting go and, and trying to make it through those first holidays, those first birthdays, those first gatherings without the people that you love. What made it so difficult for this year for us is that our mom, mom-in-law was the central key figure in every event. Not only did she live in our neighborhood, so we saw her on a regular basis, but every Friday night we would go to her house for supper because she wanted to do that for us after a long work week. And that's how it started when she first moved into the neighborhood years ago. As she got older and as she got a little bit less able, that changed some because we didn't always go to her house for Friday night dinner. Sometimes we would have her down with us. Sometimes we would have her, um, you know, order something and we'd go pick it up and then we'd take it to the house and eat that way. So that has been changing over the last few years. But now that she has died and before her death, we went through the horrific Lewy body dementia, which we kind of talked about a little bit before. And Ellen Patnode had talked about her new upcoming book about her own journey with her mother and Louis body dementia. Um, that, that disorder is such a difficult, difficult journey that by the time we got to the point where it was a holiday season, it was just bleak. We were exhausted. We were grieving. We just didn't feel like doing anything. So to begin with, you know, as the caregiver of the person who lost their mother, even though she was my mother-in-law, I kind of took point in doing what my wife needed done. If she didn't want to do something or didn't feel up to it, then I would, I would fill in the blanks, so to speak. So, you know, decorating, we would do some of it together and some of it I did myself just so that I could also have what I needed because I needed the lights outside I wanted to see them it would make me happy in the darkness of this time that we're going through because even if there's just a little light it's better than no light at all for me and so you know I did the the outside decoration so that I could have it and she enjoyed it but she didn't want to do it which was perfect it made perfect sense to me. So um, we tag team a lot in our relationship and so when one of us is needing a little extra the other one kind of fills in. How this has been different this year is that I'm also grieving and so it's been really hard to to blend in my desire to be there for my spouse and to hold her up and to support her and how to also continue to work on feeling my feelings and getting my needs met. So it was hard to even think about shopping. It was hard to even think about the baking. Still haven't sent out my Christmas cards. If you usually get one from me, they're probably still coming. <laughs> I'll see. <laughs> but I'm giving myself some grace about that, although I still want to do it because I love connecting with people that I love and sending cards at Christmas is something that I've always done. So we'll see. That's on the table and, uh, and that may still happen. So we used to sit down, and every New Year's Eve, we would create um, a review for ourselves. How did we do as a couple? How did we do individually? What, where are we at? Um, over the last few years, we haven't been that introspective because <laughs> it didn't really seem to get us too far anyway, but we would just sit down, and uh, before the ball dropped, we'd talk a little bit about, so what do we want to do? and where do we want to go in this next year. So it was more of a planning session instead of a review, which I like so much better, because I can't change the past anyway. I can learn from the past, but where I'm going next is is most important to me, as long as I don't need to process that too much. Um, So this time, though, you know, we're still dealing with fatigue, and we're still dealing with uh, a lack of luster, so to speak. So my beloved went to bed, and I stayed up, and rang in the new year by myself which was really not that joyful Um, I did enjoy uh, having the tree lit in a dark room I did enjoy the moon because the moon was absolutely gorgeous last night even though it wasn't full it was so bright and it just came in through the the windows and the doors and it just looked beautiful Um, and that's that's where I get a lot of energy is my moon energy so um, it was very nice and it was quiet and i was able to just sit with myself for a little bit and and do a little bit of thinking as to you know how things have been this past year and then followed that up with talking to my beloved this morning and we're kind of in the same place that all of the traditions that we had which would begin with Christmas Eve decorating the tree with Brandy Alexander's at mom, mom's house, mom-in-law's house, and then the next morning we would have our Christmas Eve brunch, uh, champagne brunch at her home, and then uh, after going to visit other family members on my side of the family, then there would always be, you know, a Christmas dinner or something when we would get back. So it was really difficult this year to start to go through all of those different events and not have it be there. Um, we also would always start the season out with putting a partridge and a pear tree banner up that was part of the family that Sue grew up in and they made it and this year instead of putting the banner up right after Thanksgiving dinner which is normal we waited until we decorated stuff And then we put the banner up last this year. And I don't know if that will be a new tradition or if it's just how we got by this year, (laughs) because it was hard for my beloved to put it up at all this year, but finally wanted it up and decided that we would just put it up at the end. So we'll see because we're so attached to those traditions, right? And it feels so wrong when they're gone, but that's, that is the passage of time. There are some standing traditions that families can continue to pass through the generations and sometimes they get lost uh due to not enough family members to keep them going or they get lost because of time and just not wanting to put your effort into it just like Christmas baking we baked so much less this year uh, to give away than we normally do because we just had to almost make ourselves do it um, even though we wanted to but we had to make ourselves do it because we didn't have the energy going into it that would have usually just propelled us forward it was an effort to do it even though we wanted to do it if that makes sense to any of you out there who are grieving and know what I'm talking about so what do we do with those traditions and can we make new ones that will become as important and as special as the ones that we are losing due to the people not being there now my beloved and I you know could still have a a a champagne brunch on Christmas morning which we did and we did that by ourselves Uh, before going to visit some family in the afternoon but it definitely wasn't the same and it definitely took on a whole different feeling will it be able to be renewed next year with a little bit more zeal maybe Um, you know we're not really sure how that's going to go but that is the beauty of a new year a new year is a slate that has nothing on it yet We don't know what this year is going to bring, but we know that we can be a part of it if we choose to. So in that new slate, we get to draw the picture of the next year of our life. What will it look like? How will it feel? What kind of energy do I want to bring to it? What people do I want to continue to have in my life? What family members do I want to continue to be around? What friends... um, are important to me. What relationships do I want to build on? What new people might be out there that I don't even know I'm going to meet yet that may become an integral part of what my year needs to bring for me. So sometimes all the planning that we put into stuff really is just a thought of what might be coming. But yet we can't anticipate What's going to be coming to us? Not what we necessarily bring to the year, but what's going to be coming to us? Who Who's going to come into our circle that we're not expecting? What events are going to happen that we can't predict now? There's one event that's going to be happening for me this year. So, I had applied to do the lay preaching initiative with the Episcopal Church, where I will be trained in lay preaching and be able to write sermons and preach for uh, my church and for other churches that may need me. And that starts in January. And so for this next whole year, I will be doing some studies on the scriptures and reading books on preaching and videos and all sorts of information that will give me a, not only a better understanding of how I'm able to use the concordances to look at the, the Bible scriptures and find out what they really mean, and give me a little bit more insight into the traditions and the history of the Bible, and I just love that this is coming at the same time that the 1946 movie documentary is, is here, because that spurred me on to be able to look at the words that were misinterpreted in the Bible and how that affected all of us who identify as LGBTQIA+. And so that movie, the 1946 movie documentary, is going to be such a light on some of the people who are living in the darkness of feeling that they're an abomination. And I hope that I can bring my own light to the pulpits that I may serve in the future and be able to continue to speak my truth to power that we are not abominations. We are not less than. We are just as beloved and created by God to be who we are created to be. And I love that I will be able to write the sermons that are on my heart where Spirit is guiding me to shed more light and more truth and more love out into the world. The important thing for us for now, as we're going into 2024, is what kind of light do we need to sustain us in this coming year? Where can we find the support that we need? Where can we find the life-giving sources that will keep us afloat when things are not going well in our lives? For me, you know that it involves my church community and I get a lot of support from many people at my Episcopal church. I also get a lot of support from dear friends and from my beloved and to make sure that I stay connected to those light sources that I don't sit somewhere in a corner by myself without being able to connect to people that I care about and that care about me that doesn't mean that I have to rely on other people all the time the other thing that is a very deep source for me is my own personal relationship with God and with the Holy Spirit And to be able to take the time I need to recenter myself, to be in that silence and get renewed in prayer and in the study of the Bible. So there are lots of ways that we can bring light to us. I get lit up when I'm hiking. I get lit up when I'm looking at the moon and I'm standing in the doorway, letting the moon just shine over me and fill me up. I get light when I watch the dogs play. I get light when I'm looking at the horizon at the cabin. So there's so many places that you can find in your own space in the world that can give you light and renew your spirit. And it's hard when you're grieving to find that light because it all seems so bleak. I would say that the color of Christmas this year was gray and I don't know how to make it not be gray it just is it is gray even though there were lights that shone through that grayness that we felt but it still wasn't the same it just was not the same and it was less happy and it was less energetic and I definitely had to slog through it (laughs) sometimes it didn't feel that I was going with it in ease I had to slog through it and yet That's what that is. Grief is a journey and it's not from here to a destination, you know, 10 words down that Kubler-Ross had come up with. They're good words and they're valid words. It's just that it's not linear. It's more like a revolving door. And so there can be days that I'm pretty high energy and I might feel pretty good. And then I swing around and I'm back to, I can't believe she's gone. I'm angry that she's gone. I'm sad that all of the traditions and all the time with her is over you know the good times are over um, that we're left with that memory of of how things were for her before she passed which is really sad and and it doesn't feel good to remember how ugly that um, dementia was for her and for us as we were going through the 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 last couple years really so it's been very difficult so it's gray and I can name it And that's the thing, people. Don't purdy it up when it's not purdy. (laughs) It's gray. Now I like the color gray, but that's beside the point, right? It's gray, and when you're feeling that, it's okay to name it and to feel it and to sit in it. I've said that before. Pema Chodron told us, "Sit in the pain," and what that means is that allow yourself to be truthful about how you feel. If it's gray, it's gray. Am I looking for a better color for me? Yes. Do I sometimes get a better color for me in a certain part of the day? Yes. It's not all sadness. However, when I'm sad, it's okay to sit there for a little bit and be sad. I'm not going to swim in the deep ocean of it. I'll feel the feelings, but I'm not going to wallow. I want to be able to move through some of it and to come out of it and to go back into it. I'm going to go through the hurt to get to the healing, but I have to do it gradually and I also have to give myself time to feel other things as well because with the dogs you know there's joy there's frustration and there's also joy and so when there's joyful times I'm gonna laugh and I'm gonna feel as if everything's fine and then I know that there's gonna be a swing back to where it doesn't feel so fine and that's life so how do we move forward well Moving forward means that you don't plan it necessarily. I can't plan to feel better tomorrow. I can't plan to have all of the Christmas traditions back next year. What I can do is be open to the swaying of spirit. So whenever I allow spirit to just flow through me and guide me, she always guides me to exactly where I need to be as long as I stay out of her way. And I think that's the journey that I had with the lay preaching initiative this year is that I continued to follow the nudging of the Holy Spirit. And she continued to guide me as I discerned between the diaconate and lay preaching and whether or not I was going to do anything at all. And maybe I was just too tired to pursue anything. And maybe it wasn't the right timing. But as I just continued to do the next step and the next step and just see where it went I wasn't expecting anything one way or the other I was allowing spirit to move through the process and guide me through it and and then I left it into the hands of the people who would make those decisions without really praying for anything specific the only specific prayer I prayed throughout this whole entire process was for God to move me through Holy Spirit Exactly where I need to be to serve at my highest and best level and to listen and move as Spirit moved me. And I was selected as one of the members of the cohort, and I will be spending time with them on Zoom and in person and be guided by some cool, very cool mentors that all the ones that have signed up to help us through this process are are people that i absolutely love it was so interesting that they were all either a supply priest for us during father joe's absence or someone that came in to assist him when he first came back so i'm just so excited that i have mentors and people guiding us through this process that are people i respect and people that I'm comfortable with. And it's just like the Holy Spirit just brought everything together in this wonderful orb of light. And it's just going to be, I think, a really exciting experience and something that I can't wait to delve into. So if you've been grieving through this holiday season, I want to give you permission to feel your feelings, to sit with them and allow them to just be. And I want you to also give yourself permission not to press yourself to and push yourself to get through it too fast or to get to the other side or to create all these new traditions and say, okay, now these are what we're going to do. Because traditions happen over time just because it's something that's beloved and you love it and you continue to keep doing it as yourself individually or as a family. So allow it to be organically led for you and don't push too hard to recreate everything that you've lost there are some things like the champagne brunch on Christmas morning that's very dear to us and it was sad to do it without you know Marge here this year however we still did it and I think we will probably continue to do it but we'll see I don't know what will happen next year, but that was one of the ones we still wanted to keep for this year. I know that the banner will still be something that's going to be in our family, my wife and I, and we will then continue to explore when that banner needs to go up, what feels organically right to us. And it doesn't have to be done the same way as the tradition was, although we may go back to having it be right after Thanksgiving dinner. We'll see. I'm not having to recreate it exactly the way it was and I'm also open and fine if it does go back to how it's always been. I'm just excited to let this new 2024 slate evolve and what I want for myself more than anything is to continue to lean more into allowing Holy Spirit to be present in my life and guide me in the way that that is going to be in my highest and best way even if I don't know what that is yet but to be open to be listening to be able to be in the moment to be mindful to be ready to shift and not hold on to something so tightly that I won't shift when the winds of change begin to blow I want to be able to shift with that. And boy, we've had to shift with <laughs> our schedule about going to the cabin and the serving that I do at the church and now with the lay preaching initiative being on certain weekends that I was actually supposed to be at the cabin. So there's already been that tension of the mobile shifting, you know, like when the wind blows and the mobile goes all wacky doodle. Um, our schedule has been wacky doodle a couple times having to shift with new things coming in. And I really appreciate my wife and how difficult it is for her to shift and yet she is shifting with me maybe not quite in the same um, energy as me but um, she has been very supportive and very loving through this whole experience and yet we got a little you know friction every once in a while with things changing because it does not feel comfortable change is hard and even if you want to What's changing to come, it's still hard to find that new balance back. It's going to be a little rocky and then it will balance back out. So, as you're exploring how to move forward and whether or not to create new traditions or to go back to old ones, just give yourself some grace. Give yourself and everybody in your circle grace to go through the feelings, to be a little frumpy, to not be their absolute best self, because. Let's, let's admit it, we're not always our best self and we need to give each other grace going through these times of change and loss and grief to be quite honest one of the things I also thought about this morning was that this is an election year and I have dreaded this year and don't want it to be in my experience although I know that it will be so the other thing I want to say about this new 2024 year is that it is imperative for us to speak our truth to power. It is imperative for us to be aware that our marriages, our bodies, and our life as an LGBTQIA community is at risk. And we need to be really, really aware of that. I can't just sit back and pray that everything's going to work out okay. Of course, I'm going to pray for love to win. I'm going to pray that we revive our souls. However, I have an active duty to vote for that to happen. I have an active duty to speak my truth to power because once it's over, it's over. And we may not get things back that are pending right now as to whether or not the Speaker of the House will come after our marriage or whether or not some dictator might come in and decide that nobody else has rights but that person. So I really, really want us to go into 2024 urgently with that in mind. And everything I said before is still valid. However, this is one of those things that we know is on our agenda this year, We're not going to get out of it unless Jesus comes back before that or creates something changing, but we're going to go through an election, and we need to remember that our lives as an LGBTQI plus community is on the line. I can't say it any more clear than that the way we know our life to be right now with marriage equality and some rights for us with health care and a lot of other things that were put in place before that weren't taken away yet some of it already has been but we have to be vigilant and not just ignore the fact that we have to be active whether we're marching or writing letters making sure that we vote making sure that we tell other people how this is going to affect us you know letting our families know whether it changes anything or not we have to be vocal we have to be visible to the to the best of our abilities and as safely as we can and we need to make sure that we don't let people take our lives away That may not be the most uplifting way to end this podcast today, but it has to be said and I'm going to be the one to say it because I don't want my life to be taken away. I don't want my marriage to be taken away. I don't want the young people who are just beginning their relationships to not be able to marry legally. I don't want our health care to go away and I don't want to be so afraid all the time. So I need all of us. To be what we can be in this election year. If you're doing contemplative prayer, that's a great place for me to go into that quiet and that silence and put that to the universe as to what can I do now in order to make sure that I'm following the path I need to follow in this year of change. And that's not only for the election, it's also a time for me to be able to look at what needs to go on my blank 2024 slate and how can I listen to the winds of change and listen to what I'm being called to do with my speaking truth to power or whatever gift you have that you can bring into twenty twenty four, where is spirit leading us individually, collectively, as a nation, as a LGBTQI plus community, where are we being led? And it does take a village and it does take a very powerful community to make change happen and to make sure that we're ready for change that's coming. So guys, I really love the fact that we are continuing to have this podcast that we're continuing to be present on uh, social media I really appreciate you sharing this podcast listening and subscribing and I also really appreciate it when you guys decide that you are ready to share your story In 2024, it is my hope and my biggest desire that we'll continue to have more of you ready to share your story, to come on and promote your books, your businesses. I want you to be able to use this format as a way to show people that being gay with the God of your understanding is a real thing and that you deserve it. I want you to be able to show the world that they didn't steal your faith. To show the world that you created a faith that was exactly what was right for you. That you can show the world that we are created and beloved by the God of our understanding. If you haven't watched the 1946 documentary yet you can still rent it I think until January 14th it's a one-time rental fee but you can watch it several times and I loved being able to do that because I wanted to stop it and read certain things that were on a paper that she had strewn across the wall that dates and things and there were several things I wanted to slow down and read without it going too fast so once you pay that rental fee you have like so many hours to to watch it and you can watch it multiple times and so please just google 1946 the movie rental and if you want to go back to the last podcast that I did on 1946 it has all the links you can do watch the trailer you can find a link to rent it so just enjoy that and let's continue to promote that as well. So if you are uh, available online to join us for our Facebook group, Gay With God, we'd still do our monthly Zoom group entitled My Faith Journey. And I'm going to be winding up soon with the first book club, the Gay With God book club that the folks who have read the book and wanted to have time with me to ask more questions. uh, I am doing that throughout the year and I'll be getting new members for the next book club so if you're interested if you've bought the memoir already and you've read it and you'd like to be in the next group please email me at 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 gmail.com so that i can get you into the next group and, and get the dates together i'm excited about that because it's just such a fun time to hear y'all's uh, understanding of the book and also what you got out of it and things that you still question that you want more backstory about so i i'm loving this book club and i hope you want to join me for the next one so if you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the god of your understanding if you identify as LGBTQI plus are not even sure if you are gay god has always been within you even when you didn't know it you have always been gay with god Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, 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 so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.